You're listening to At The Core with Sarah Friend, in which I have conversations with women in leadership. As the president of a firm, I'm honored to be a leader and have this platform to connect with other women in leadership, to talk with them, hear their stories, and celebrate their unique journeys and impact. Okay, this is a different kind of podcast because I have no guest today, and that's on purpose. They did not ditch me. What we're doing today is taking an opportunity to reflect. And so uh, the marketing team asked me, they said, hey, we've got an idea for the last episode of the year. We've had people asking about your personal story. So do you mind sharing just a little bit about you? And I'm happy to do it. Um, So I'm going to share a little bit about my own journey, but also then reflect on our first five episodes some takeaway messages I have learned from these incredible conversations with these leaders, and then also do a little dreaming about what's in store for 2024. So I'm going to start with um, my strange uh, career journey into insurance. You know, nobody like as a child dreams of being an insurance professional. And I think that's so unfair to our industry because it's actually a really incredible career. Um, But it's one that if you talk to people who are in financial services and insurance, you very rarely have a conversation where you're like, how did you get into this business? And people say, oh, you know, I went to insurance school and I studied, you know, risk. No, (laughs) everybody has a different story about how they fell into insurance. So I'm going to tell you mine. We didn't travel much as kids. Uh, I came from working class family and our childhood vacations were really camping. And we were, you know, I love the Pacific Northwest. I I love to be outdoors, but we didn't go for far. You know, we did not go on big Hawaii vacations. We did not go, you know, abroad. And we but we had the best childhood locally. I was just not a world traveler. I wasn't raised that way. When it came time to go to school, I looked at every school within Oregon (laughs) and so and ended up to be at a pretty close one. Uh, And this was way back in the day, right, where you actually had to hand fill out college applications and then put them in the mail. And so just the process of what a pain it was to apply for colleges meant that you only applied for a couple. You were not going to go through that pain of applying for, you know, 15 colleges like you can easily do today with the system. So I applied to a couple of local colleges and uh, went to Western Oregon, which is in Monmouth, Oregon, which at the time was a dry town. It only recently became not a dry town, uh, but it's very small campus, very small population, which fit my personality perfectly. I went to school thinking I was going to be a teacher. And I love that profession. All of my college friends are now teachers because Western Oregon was known to be the teacher's school in the state of Oregon. So if you went to Western, you were likely going to be a teacher. 
arriving at Western realized uh, that while teaching is an amazing profession, it wasn't for me, but I didn't want to leave because I'd made such great friends. And so I changed majors uh, to journalism and really followed a path that I was really passionate about, which included writing, communications major. And then my new dream as a 20-year-old was that I was going to be Katie Couric. I thought that was what I wanted to be, television journalism. And so in the spring of my senior year, I got an internship at the local KGW channel here in Portland. And it was so fun. I loved that three months. It was a blast. I worked on a show called Good Evening, which if you're um, of my age, you'll remember at the time in uh, this is before entertainment news. So it was just on the bubble of when news started to get a little weird and started focusing on uh, really fun things in the community rather than heavy news. And so, again, you know, as a now 22 year old, I had a blast uh, working on the show. But then I realized at the end of this internship, I was not going to be able to get a job in Portland, Oregon. Like that was pretty far up the career food chain to make it to a major market. And so I was going to need to move to a small town somewhere outside of my comfort zone. And I realized that was not in the plan. Like I just wanted to be in Portland forever. (laughs) And, uh, and so at the time I was graduating from college with then no clear plan for what in the world I was going to do with my life. Um, My husband and I were married. We got married in college. Uh, It all worked out, (laughs) Uh, but we were very young. We were desperate because I was off my parents' payroll. I had no plan for a career and I needed this thing called insurance. And so my friend's mom worked at ODS Health Plans, which now is Moda Health. And she said, Sarah, while you're trying to figure out what you want to do with your life, I'm sure there's a customer service rep job. We're always hiring. So just come work for ODS. Uh, It's a great place to work. And she was right. I was hired by ODS and I spent 11 years finding out that insurance was this incredible career that had all the things that I was built to do to educate, make the complicated easy. I love math and insurance is filled with math and I love being deeply connected with people. And so I had this opportunity to serve businesses, individuals, build relationships with clients. And so that is how I ended up in insurance and through this windy, you know, road of unexpected turns and found that has created this career for me that I'm so proud of and an industry I'm proud of because we get this unique opportunity to serve individuals, families, businesses, and protect the things that matter most to them. And so now I've been in this business for almost 30 years, which is so bizarre to me. And now I have this opportunity in my current role to really have things kind of come full circle because, well, I'm not Katie Couric. (laughs) 
I do have this incredible platform of storytelling. And that has always been something that I have enjoyed. And I think that there is just this magic gift in people trusting you with their stories. And I think we can make a difference for our communities, which is our purpose here at the Partners Group, by creating a platform where we can celebrate the impact of just that human connection and and especially women in leadership. Um, So when the marketing team had this idea for this podcast uh, last year, they brought it to me and said, what should we have the podcast be about? And we thought about a lot of things, how we ended up with really celebrating the stories of women in leadership is not because we wanted to make a podcast just for women. That's not the point. In fact, over 25% of our listeners are men, which I love. It's about celebrating the stories and impact of women for all people, right? Because I do think if you've listened to these first five episodes, which I think are just filled with all sorts of leadership lessons, they're lessons that everyone can take something away from. But I do hope that these episodes and this podcast is especially powerful for women as a source of encouragement and a reminder to change the question of why me? that might be holding somebody back from pursuing something that is they're passionate about, that's incredibly important to them, to a question of why not me, which is a big source of Sheila Murdy's episode. And I do think that individuals are more likely to picture themselves doing something if they can see it. And so by featuring specifically women in leadership, I think more women in business may be more likely to pursue that ambitious dream if they can see it. And so that's what these stories are about. So what I'd love to do is give you a few highlights. So what are my personal highlights of each of the first five episodes and like a year-end review and reflection. My first episode was with Melanie Marconi. Melanie is the CEO of Vita Coworking. And if you listen to her story, you'll remember that she was that accidental entrepreneur who started her first business in her early 20s. And what I loved about Melanie is her reminder to all of us, you can either wait for something to come along or you can take that vision that you have for yourself and make something happen. I think so often we get stuck. Either we're scared, uh, we don't have the resources, maybe we don't have the right people around us to support us. We don't know the right next step or we're waiting for the perfect time and the perfect scenario in order to have the courage to take that next step. And I love that urgency and reminder that it's on us to take that step, to take that next imperfect movement forward to make those visions come true. My second episode was with 
Serena Boston Ashby. If you know Serena, she is a joy to be around. She is the CEO of Girls Inc. of the Pacific Northwest. And I she had so many great takeaways. But one of my favorites from her is that we often, men and women alike, right, we like to wait to be asked, right? We want to be invited into the next opportunity. My takeaway from my conversation with Serena is don't wait to be asked. Make that declaration for yourself and then just step forward, even if you're afraid, right? Again, even if you're not sure you have exactly all of the elements to make something successful, you should just go for it. And so that was one of my favorite takeaways from Serena. My third episode was with a personal friend, Lorna Day, executive director of the Sam Day Foundation, who had a very different story to share, a very personal story around uh, her leadership journey that was prompted by um, the devastating loss of their son, Sam, to pediatric cancer just a month before he was supposed to be a freshman at Sunset High School. And Lorna's path to her leadership journey really in, in terms of making a difference for other families facing this devastating diagnosis. She had so many lessons to share. But one for me uh, from Lorna is the importance of hope. Don't be scared to be hopeful for something, even if you think that it might not happen. Hope isn't something to be embarrassed of. It's not something that's going to jinx an outcome that every day that you have hope is 100% more tolerable than a day without it and that you won't regret a single day of living with hope and being hopeful. My fourth episode was with a personal friend who became a personal friend uh, from being a client. And so Sheila Murdy is the executive vice president of people and culture at Tillamook. And she is just a powerhouse and uh, is such a connector of people. And I just really appreciate our business relationship, but more than that, our friendship. And her episode was all around embracing the unexpected, that things happen in our lives, in our careers, in ways that we don't anticipate. But her encouragement was really to try and embrace the things you didn't plan on, because maybe that turns into something amazing that you just couldn't even imagine for yourself. Like my journey into insurance. Did I dream of insurance? No. Is it an incredible career opportunity life? Yes. I wouldn't want to be any other place than the partners group. And so just really that encouragement to embrace the imperfection of taking the next step, that if you wait for everything to line up and be perfect, you just may never take that next step. And then my most recent episode, the the final of 2023, was an interview with Julie Woodward, Director of Forestry at Oregon Forest Resource Institute. It was so interesting. So Julie was the only the second woman in Oregon to win Forester of the Year. And her story was really reminded me to 
take advantage of the resources around you. And so whether that be mentors, whether that be allies, whether that be people who can help you create a plan for executing an opportunity that you raised your hand for, but you weren't quite sure how you're going to get it done, that you really surrounding yourself and tapping into any resource you can possibly tap into can increase our chances of success. And don't be afraid to first raise your hand, volunteer for that opportunity that's going to stretch you, and then make sure that you're tapping into the resources and people around you to support you. So I just want to sincerely thank these amazing five women for trusting me to share your stories and to be a part of this first chapter of our podcast in 2023 from our team, from me personally. It's really been an opportunity and an example of the lessons that I just reviewed with these guests. This podcast is an example of all those things, right? We didn't know how this was all going to play out. We didn't know exactly the right first step, but we did it anyways. And having five under our belt means that we get to march forward into 2024 with big goals and really an opportunity, I think, to make a difference for people in our community, live out our purpose, share stories of people in the community, our clients, our customers, people that we know in the community. So we are dreaming big about the stories that we want to share and just excited about how we can continue this as a source of encouragement, motivation, and I hope inspiration. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for my guests for being willing to share and cheers to a wonderful 2023. And I can't wait for what's ahead for all of us in 2024. This episode of At The Core with Sarah Friend was brought to you by The Partners Group. Visit us at thepartnersgroup.com or find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback. At The Core with Sarah Friend is produced by The Partners Group Marketing Team. Our content writer and editor is Carrie Conroy. Taylor Capic handles audio engineering and graphics. Kyle Lusk is our podcast administrator, and Alyssa Mueller is in charge of project management and guest outreach. Courtney Atami oversees our podcast production. Find all of our episodes at thepartnersgroup.com, as well as on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Advisory services offered through TPG Financial Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor and wholly-owned subsidiary of the Partners Group, LLC.